Welcome to the Dad Work Podcast. Today's episode is with my friend Steve Parr. We talk men's work, men's groups, connection, integration, leadership, breath work, how to heal, how to live a better life, and really importantly, what it looks like to live a life surrounded by men who have your back. Steve Parr is a leader in men's work and business. Steve's participated in men's work for 15 years, and he's been a leader for seven of those. He's passionate about building community and connecting people with transformative growth work. He's an executive with the Samurai Brotherhood, an international men's work organization with 500 members, and Steve operates a business and estate planning law firm in Vancouver, BC. This is a great one as an introduction to men's work and what that looks like, joining a men's group, which I highly recommend for all dads if that is what calls to you. So enjoy, and here we go. Steve Parr. Welcome to the Dad Work Podcast. Really appreciate having you on, man. Yeah, absolutely, Kurt. It's great to be here, man. So I wanted to start uh, with a story about you and your father. Um, I like to ask the dads who come on uh, what it is that they love and are challenged with being a father. And for men who are not fathers, um, I want to figure out what their relationship with their fathers was. So could you just walk us through, like, what's the one thing that you imagine as being the best memory you have with your dad growing up? And just walk us through that relationship a little bit. Sure. Yeah. The I was just talking about this the other day with a buddy. And uh, yeah, I just remember going to, I don't know what game it was, but it was like the last game of the regular season with the, of the Canucks. Canucks were playing the Jets um I have no idea what year it was maybe like 1990 or something you know um but yeah the Canucks were like they needed they needed the win to get into the playoffs it's huge game and um and you know we were like way up in the uh the nosebleeds right or whatever and um yeah just the excitement the energy of the game was an incredible experience like I just loved it so much and just sharing that with my dad was really really special like it, we we didn't do a lot of things together, you know? And like, I was, I was very athletic growing up and like, it was not like really my dad's thing, but like, we, we got to share that and like just having him, you know, kind of go out of his, go out of his way to do that and like make it happen. And like, you know, we didn't have much money either. So just even just getting tickets was like such a special thing. And um, yeah, I would say like, that's like, that's like a real highlight of just time that I got to spend with him, you know? Um, yeah, I just remember like just screaming like crazy. I was so excited. It was just like the absolute best. Like I don't really watch many sports these days, but uh, but hockey is still like one sport that really captivates me. So, yeah. Nice. I feel you a lot on that. And actually my favorite memory with my father is very much the same. Uh, going to a hockey game, it was an outdoor game in Calgary. It was like minus 30 out against the Canadians. And, uh, you know, we'd have the coffee and the Baileys. I think I was 18 or 19 at the time in Alberta. Nice. And it was like, yeah, it's just that atmosphere of being there with your dad doing this thing that you're both enjoying. So that's interesting. That's actually my favorite memory with my own really? father. So I yeah, there's just that. a couple of a couple of Canadians. <laughs> it must be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I wanted to have you on because you are uh, an executive in a men's group that I have been a part of for the last couple of years called the Samurai Brotherhood, soon to be called something else. We're not sure what. Uh, and you have a lot of experience running and being a part of men's groups and doing a lot of healing work, both with yourself and with others through breath work and coaching. And I just think there's so much that you can help uh, teach us 
as fathers who are going through this work, what that looks like, how do we do it? And so I wanted to start in just getting your uh, opinion, your view of what men's work even is. Let's just start there because this is like a foundational part of this project of dad work. And I'd love to get your thoughts on like what it means to do men's work and why we're even doing it in the first place. Yeah, great question. I, I mean, it's about connection. It's about connection and challenge. Like those are the really the two elements that I think bring guys to, uh, to our circles. So, you know, prior, there's a lot of guys who just really don't have strong male relationships in their lives. And um, whether because that's, you know, maybe they were in university and they had like a bunch of friends there and then that split off or, you know, we, like work cultures these days are often very not as connected as they used to be. Um, so male relationships are are suffering and like there's statistics out there that, you know, 50% of males can't name a best friend. Um, so they can't pick up the phone in the middle of the night and be like, Hey man, I need 10 grand. Like I'm in an emergency or like, can you, I'm super sick. Can you pick me up or, you know, uh, take care of, take care of my wife or my kid or whatever it is. Like, guys don't have that right now. Um, and that's, that's a big problem. I mean, the, the, so there's this, this idea of like the lone wolf, right. And like the idea that like, we can all do it ourselves. Like we don't need anybody. Um, and maybe, and often that is born from a lack of trust in other men that's born because we had experiences growing up and I certainly did myself. That's why I got into men's work in the first place of yeah just not trusting not having full faith and confidence in other men whether that was because like for me it was because i had challenging experiences with male authorities and with uh my peers you know a lot of bullying and um yeah so men's work is about healing that men's work is about healing those relationships rebuilding that sense of trust um so that you can rely upon other men ask them for counsel for support for uh, to, just to be witnessed, to enroll them in your life and help you grow and become, become a better man. Yeah. And all of those things I've experienced personally, um, I totally resonate with the, the lone wolf mentality because I have done so well by myself and I did a lot of work by myself. And yet I can think of multiple inflection points where it was only with other men, whether uh, an elder or men's group that serious change and transformation took place. And so men's work, I think, is hard to separate from men's groups. And is it, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, no, I would say that, you know, you there are lots of things that a man who wants to do his work can and perhaps even should do on his own, you know, like that it's very important to have solo time and do retreats and journal and meditate and, you know, all these practices usually occur by yourself, but, uh, but yeah, no men's work, you can only get so far on your own, you know, and you can, you can get far, but there are, like you say, there are a lot of things you just can't do, uh, without having a group of men around you. Um, you know, Jim Rohn says like, you are the product of the five people that you spend the most time with. And so if you insert yourself inside of a group where you are surrounded by other men, other, other high quality men that you can learn from that you can bond with, uh, who can see you in a, in a, in a clean way, then that's just going to be rocket fuel for your growth. And like, for me, like, yeah, like 
I've always been a, a high achieving oriented, you know, like achievement oriented kind of guy. And so like, I, I always went after things and, and, and I achieved a lot, but there was a, like so much that was just a train wreck, just a disaster in my life. My ego would convince me, of course, that I was like doing just fine and that like, I didn't really need anything and, you know, things were great and I'm, I'm better than so-and-so and, you know, all this comparison game going on. Right. But it wasn't really until I got into a men's group that I, I sort of, it was like this uh, um, exposure of just laying out everything on the table and being like, okay, here's the naked, unvarnished truth of uh, who I am and where I'm at in my life. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's not as pretty as I would like to project, you know? And there are there are some <laughs> gaping wounds here, right? But until you do that, how are you going to clean those wounds? You know, you got to expose them to the light you got to get some air on them, some oxygen. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and what you said there was um, particularly with the ego and competition brought to mind fear, you know, we're often comparing ourselves and competing because we're, we're scared of what's actually there. And if we can find a way that we're better than someone, then, you know, we just latch onto that thing. And so, um, have you had a lot of experience with guys who are skeptical or resistant to doing the work? Because for me, I had been doing so much of my own work that when I found men's group, it was like, let's go like all the time. I've never missed uh, a meeting other than like being sick once and having a technical problem over zoom once. And like, that was it. I love it. But I hear guys who are like, sometimes it's hard to get to meetings. You know, you don't want to. And I'm going like, what do you mean? You don't want to come. So for men who are skeptical about it, who haven't joined a men's group, or even men who are in there and are not sure about opening up, uh, what kind of things have you either observed that pushed them over the edge where it was like, okay, now I get it, or I guess even got them to take that first step? Because it seems scary to like lay all these wounds out. Why would I want to do that? Well, yeah, for sure. And first of all, like I'll say this isn't for everybody, you know, like there, and it's not like you're not going to have a great life uh, just because you don't do men's work or something like that. Like there are many roads to Rome and men's work is a really powerful tool. Uh, There's lots of ways to pursue your personal growth, whether it's therapy or uh, whatever it is, you know, whatever your path is that makes sense for you. So I, I definitely just first and foremost want to respect and honor whatever path a man chooses in his life. Absolutely. I think men's work is, is rocket fuel though. Like I think it, for me, it's like this sort of hidden secret, you know, like it's something that I have in my back pocket and it is still, it's becoming more popular for sure these days, but it's still a very niche thing. Um, and for me, it's about having a sense of a tribe, a village, like we are fundamentally social creatures and not just social, like, you know, we bump up against each other in the subway and happen to be in a sea of people walking down, you know, Broadway or whatever. Um, but we have intimate relationships with other people and particularly with other, you know, for men, I think it's very important to have guys around you that you trust, that you respect, that, you know, have your back, that, you know, are watching out for you, you know? And, um, yeah, I think, I think like in, you know, olden days, some imagined past, like, you know, who knows what it actually looked like, but I think that was a more, common occurrence, you know, like living in a smaller community, everybody just has to know everybody else. (laughs) You know, it's just the nature of how things are. And you need to work on your relationships in order to to survive and thrive inside of that community. And this is, yeah, this, this is what we're doing here is we are, we are creating like a, 
a more of a village in a in a modern context, you know, for for city dwellers, for people who, um, yeah, just don't necessarily have that opportunity otherwise. So, yeah, like going back to why it's uh, it's rocket fuel. It's rocket fuel for in my life because I get to I I have a an active willing support group for any kind of challenge that comes up in my life, you know, whether it's, um, you know, being stuck in my business or it's being, uh, stuck in my head or just not making, not making progress in any area of my life. Like I can, I can say like, Hey, like this thing keeps coming up for me. This block keeps coming up for me. Uh, what do you guys see? You know, and like getting some feedback on that. And, um, or if it's also like a healthy place to celebrate my wins, and be like, hey, like I just did, did that. Like this happened. This and you know, you get to celebrate. You get lifted up. You get boosted. Um, more than anything, I think it's like this subconscious thing that I don't even have in my awareness all the time. Of like, I have men at my back. I'm literally walking through life, and there are, you know, twelve guys in my immediate circle and five hundred in my tri- in my the larger tribe of the brotherhood that are with me. You know, and they're we have bonds that are based on principle. They're based on values. They're based on, on uh, values that transcend ego. You know, they're, they're values that uh, we, as the, the, those 500 individuals have all subscribed to and have all said, yes, like these things matter, you know, courage matters, connecting with others matter, being vulnerable, sharing your truth. These things matter. So I know there are 500 guys, even if I don't necessarily communicate with them every day, that yeah so that that strengthens my own commitment to those values and just you know it just helps me in so many different ways in in my life yeah yeah and that that's actually where i was going to go uh next actually so i'm glad that you brought that up and i'd like to touch more on what that looks like now as you step into um as you have been in executive roles. Um, but I just want to jump in here with what you were saying uh, in terms of the importance of men's groups, because I think a lot of dads listening will go, well, you know, maybe that sounds nice. I don't really have a lot of friends and seems like a big commitment, you know? Um, and, I, and I hope what you just shared was was enough to sort of help some men realize that this can be so important um, and to do things in a community setting is so important, particularly mm-hmm. in raising kids and raising a family, because, what I found is that re- even with um, with media consumption, it used to be, you know, you'd turn on the TV, you'd have to watch whatever there was, and you just get this broad set of different values, different views, different ideas. And as a kid, it's like, okay, maybe, you know, you watch someone play the guitar on the TV and suddenly, you know, you're Bruce Springsteen 20 years later and he's, you know, ultra famous, loves what he's doing. And I think that's a true story. I don't know if it was Bruce Springsteen or not, but these days you're all very singular focused. Everything you're watching is very much uh, for you with the YouTube algorithm or whatever else. And the same thing happens within a family. Mm. You've got the mother and father, and those are the only way, only places that the kids are often getting this um, level of influence. And so to bring other men into your own life as a father helps expand your influence and then your children's influence and the ideas and the values that they share. So uh, that was important for me. And I just want to share last night we had our men's group and we actually did a barbecue and I pulled my truck up because I brought the barbecue. I was doing the dad thing. And I just felt like, you know, these are all my, my, uh, my kids almost as, as a co-captain, I felt like a, a really supportive leader to do this. And as I pulled up, each man picked up one of the gear, pieces of gear that I had brought and about five men just carried it over to my truck. And I felt so supported. It was just this tiny little act. 
And it was one of those things where I just went like, wow, I'm so thankful to have this because I had never felt it before. I didn't know what it was like to have someone to be able to call and be like, hey man, something's come up, can you help? And I know these guys have my back now. So I just wanted to to share that because I think if you're on the fence wondering about like, how do I get community? Like I can't explain how that feels in the heart to be supported like that. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. I mean, this really goes to... What is our relationship? What do we think is, what's our relationship with relationship? You know, do we look at it as a, something that is a, that's going to re- require a lot of our energy, going to demand a lot of us, it's just going to take a lot. Then of course, we're going to go pursue the lone wolf thing because we think that that's the solution. Um, but the reality is, it's like relationships are, they're sources of abundance, you know, and that's people join the community in order to heal their relationship with what that is, you know, and to, to make that shift from that scarcity mindset to the abundance mindset, you know, um, if we've had bad ex- negative experiences with other men where, uh, it hurt to give a lot, or, you know, maybe we chose friends that were, um, yeah, just weren't aligned and, and weren't great uses of our energy or our time. Yeah, of course. Then it's, we're going to be reluctant. There's going to be an inbuilt reluctance to give more, you know, um, but joining a men's group, joining a, a community of guys where you can receive as much as you can give is, it, it g- just changes everything. I think your example is really good because I'm sure all the men in your squad are just so grateful to have you in their life. You know, like you are such a plus for them. And, um, and if they were to, to ask themselves, like, who's getting more out of this relationship, they'd probably all say, I'm getting more, you know, I get to have Kurt's energies is amazing. But like to hear you speak about last night, it, I would, I would guess you would, uh, you would answer in the opposite way. And you'd say like, well, I get more out of this, you know, like totally. I show up and like, I get this feeling of support and love and care that I like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily have otherwise. And I, and now my kids benefit from this because I have like all these other men who are um, that I respect that are, that are influencing how I'm thinking and broadening my, my worldview. So um it's all about, yeah, it's all about cultivating and creating relationships that, that give to, to everybody in involved, you know? Yeah. 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 And um, the one, one other piece, just a men's group uh, before we move on to your experience in uh, executive with Samurai Brotherhood. Um, I've observed that it seems like just being in a weekly group or even less than that, um, but Samurai meets weekly, obviously. Um, simply showing up week to week with a purpose of who you want to be, knowing that you're not there yet, knowing that it might take years, knowing that you might never get there. But when you show up and lay your cards on the table and be like, here's what I really want, guys. Here's where I'm struggling. You tend to act more like the person you want to become just by knowing that that's in the back of your head. You know, you've got your group of guys, you know, you've got the accountability, you know, you're showing up every Monday or whenever it is to be like, have you done anything yet? How's your life going, man? Like, where are you at? Where can we support you? And you just tend to like slowly drift towards becoming the man that you're meant to be. So that's another reason why I love men's group because it's always this like North star for me. Like, oh yeah, why am I showing up here? Oh, cause I want to be like this. Want to be this kind yeah. of man, so it's yeah. just so powerful. So, um, you, I know you answered a little bit with your story and why it's so important to you just to be in men's group. But what was it that drove you enough to commit 
time, resources, your energy to be part of this executive team of growing a men's group, not just as a leader or a captain, but as someone who sort of sets the stage for what comes next? Because I imagine that's probably a lot of work. I'm sure it's not well paid. So what is it about that level of commitment that drew you in? Yeah, I mean, I just believe so strongly in what we are doing. You know, I believe that this is something that really needs to be shared with a much broader um, audience. You know, there are there were times when like, you know, 30, 30% of men were in men's, some form of men's groups, you know, and like, granted, there's, you know, there's this sort of the narratives of patriarchy and yada, yada, that likely informed some of those groups. And so I'm not like hearkening back to that, but I am... I do believe that like men really need to have these relationships in a, in a much deeper way. And that we're at a precipice in our society where there's a lot of, we're seeing the dark side of this, you know, we're seeing the dark side of a lack of relationship. Mental illness is up, you know, out of control these days, like depressions, anxieties, um, and even worse things. And it's, we need this, this is the medicine for this time, you know, like the medicine is that connection is the, the sense of brotherhood, the sense of, uh, yeah, it's it's just absolutely fundamental, and I can't really think of too much else that is more important to promote and to encourage and invite other people into um, in in my lifetime. So yeah, it's it's kind of an it's a, it's a no brainer to participate in this and to um, and it's very exciting as well because it's it you know going back to your earlier question about you know guys who who are like. Uh, sounds interesting. I just don't know if I have time, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, fair enough. Like, of course. And especially as a dad, you know, and I'm not a father, so I, but like, especially as a dad, like a lot of my friends are, um, there's way more pressures on your time. Like you're, you're, you've got to be very discerning, very clear about where you, where you invest your time and, and as well, you should. So I think it's very important to, um, sort of do your due diligence and, and be a little bit skeptical. And that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so as an executive and in this organization, like it's it's my job and all of our jobs to do a really good job of communicating what the benefits are, do a good job of, um, of breaking down any kind of like, um, I suppose, myths that people might have about men's groups. Like, I mean, there are, yeah, just certain judgments that people have and like, um, and, and, uh, you know, I would just like to break all that down and like really in the same way that, you know, yoga was made more mainstream, you know, it was an esoteric practice. And, um, and I think right now men's groups are sort of still in that esoteric camp of like, oh, this is something that you do if you are I don't know, different or weird or whatever, like you're just, you're something of like a misfit or something like that, then you might find yourself inside of a men's group because, Oh, you didn't, you didn't find the community that you need in the normal conventional routes in life. <laughs> and I think like, that's actually the weird thing is like these, these so-called normal pathways to connection, um, you know, through work or, or bars or this or that, like, yeah, like, uh, you can find it there. And I believe that it's rare. It's rare that, that people actually find the intimacy, the depth, the realness, the authenticity that they crave. I just haven't met a whole lot of people who have found it, you know, and I've met a whole lot more people who are craving it, who want it, and they don't know where to get it, you know? And so, you know what, why don't we create an intentional, deliberate pathway to this, you know, in, inside of a structure? So 
Um, so yeah, no, it's not well paid and, uh, um, and it does take a lot of time, but, uh, but I, I, you know, I get to work with some of the best men that I know and it's, it's, it's really fun. Yeah, no, and I, I love, um, what you said there about finding the places to have these relationships and it's not at work typically. Uh, and it's about usually for me, a shared experience. So you have identified something in yourself that maybe you need other men to fill. You come to a men's group and it was a lot like I lived in Thailand for almost two years and just being um, an English speaking foreigner there was a common enough experience to usually bond over and so um, I have experienced this sort of outside men's group where I was able to make really good friends simply by having a shared experience. I think the same holds true within the men's group. Um, it's just a different level that if you've never had it before, it's almost it's almost shocking. It's almost unbelievable to a lot of the guys who come in without these relationships. And it takes them months sometimes to trust that this is real. And it always is, which is so beautiful. Um, one thing about your your work and leadership here, I wanted to ask about, like when I became a captain sometime in the last year, um, I realized that like my work didn't end. This was the next work for me, you know, leadership as the work. So what has your work looked like stepping up into, you've been captains, you've led online squads, you're now an executive. What does the work look like for you as a leader? Or have you, has that even been something that you've noticed as well? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's definitely a ton of work that comes up and yeah, you know, that like the, I mean, the ego can get inflamed easily enough when you're in a leadership position, like all of a sudden you have this like power or at least the, like the appearance of power. Right. Um, and then, you know, in, I think particularly within the structure of leadership that we have within the brotherhood, there's, you know, there's four of us, there's, there's Kirtha who created the community, like founded it. Um, and then there's Nick Solchek, Ben Goreski and myself. And yeah, we all have, fairly different personalities, you know, like we all are, yeah, quite unique. And so there's a lot and strong willed. And so there's just like a lot of, uh, um, there's a healthy friction, you know, there's some like healthy tension and like, um, and different ways of thinking about problems and how to advance and, you know, how to grow our community. And, you know, it, it brings up stuff and, um, and, and because we're all very passionate and very invested into it, um, it's their, it's a continual invitation to like, look at like, well, okay. Uh, you know, am I just being stubborn? Am I just being, is my ego, my, my desire to like have it my way to like control tendencies, et cetera. All that stuff gets checked continuously, you know? And if it didn't like the relationships just wouldn't work. Um, so it's actually, it has taught me a lot about compromise and respect for other ways of going about things and learning to, yeah, see the value in having um, a team-driven approach to leadership. You know, like in, I, I have a, I have a business that I run in my professional life, and I make all the decisions. You know, and like, and it's, it's, I, I like it that way. Of course, it's very, it's, it's easy that way, um, but, uh, but it doesn't necessarily provide me with that same level of. Um, of checks and balances. So yeah, like I think eventually like probably the healthiest expression of my leadership within my professional life will, will I, I think will eventually look closer to what I'm experiencing in the brotherhood, you know, in, within that leadership team, um, whether it's bringing on a co-partner or whatever it looks like. But I, I do think that having that kind of integrated path is, um, yeah, I think it's very useful. So kind of a long-winded answer, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I brought that up because it was so interesting to me going like, well, should I, if I get out of group, 
then does my work stop? Like, where do I get the work? And it's like, oh no, yeah. all of the work is now like that next level of leadership. And that actually yeah. is the same with parenting, to be honest. Uh, you know, you, you have this thing and it's in front of you and you're really in it. But if you have the awareness to step back, it's like, wow, there's so much work here for me to be doing uh, to continue. And it's just like this obviously never ending lifelong pursuit um, and just any sort of leadership position, whether it's in the family partnership or like, you know, we've experienced in a men's group, it's just more work. Anything I like to say the process is the process, like whatever you take from the process, yeah. that's the process. Uh, and we do, you know, some processes within men's group and it's like, whether you hated it, whether it didn't work for you, whether you were apathetic, it's like, there's a lesson in there, no matter what you took away from it, even if the process wasn't the actual learning. Uh, so I think it's, it's great to hear that, like, as you continue to progress and even in a leadership role where you're building an organization, there's always lessons. And there's always checks yeah. on the ego. And it's so nice, like being in men's group like this, when you're just so self-aware that, you know, like, oh, there's my ego again. It's just like, everything's so much easier. <laughs> you know, it feels a little bit hard in the moment because it's like, it feels bad. You're working through it. But knowing that you have that, you know, 30,000 foot view of your own life, men's group is a big part of that. So I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Thank you. Dude, hundred percent. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you're going to j- jump to another question, but just like something that came to mind is, uh, uh, I remember when I was going through law school, there was like an advertisement for some law firm and it was like uh, some big law firm and, and their their ad copy read, uh, your reward for hard work is more hard work. <laughs> At the time I was like, oh my God, this is so depressing. But it's not, it's like actually true. Like, and the work will never end. There will always be more. And yeah, the more you apply yourself you will have more opportunities to work on just bigger things. And it just becomes more pleasurable. Like in my experience, more pleasurable over time because the, the, the grip that the ego has on, you know, and the ego serves for providing us with a, a sense of safety and security. Um, it just lets go, learns to let go, learns to detach, learns to release and start trusting into life, you know, and, and the, the relationships that we have with other men help in that process so much, you know, in, in learning like, okay, I can let go. I don't need my stick, my persona, my story in order to feel safe. I can, I can actually just trust in life. And then, and then it's just fun to do that work. You know, it's fun to jump up to that 20,000 foot perspective and look at, okay, what am I, what am I running here? Exactly. You know, is there other, are there other ways to do it? Can I be flexible in my thinking? Yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, that's perfect. One of my favorite quotes, um, I'm probably going to butcher it. It's, um, as the island of knowledge grows, so too does the shore of ignorance. And it's like, it's so right in so many cases, and especially in doing the work, it's like, once I get here, once I stop suffering for X reason, then I'll be good. And you get there and it's like, oh, this is great. But oh no, now I can see from this vantage point, like more work to be done. And you, you're totally right. It gets yeah. to be this point where you're like, yes. I get to see more, I get to do more, I get to go into the trenches and I get to feel better. And it becomes, I mean, I don't know what else would be a better addiction than doing the work. I mean, sometimes it can get overblown and you can get really like in the weeds and and connected to story. But if you have a healthy relationship with doing the work and healing, it's just so rewarding. And you just continue to level up and level up and level up. And then you're building on this wonderful uh, scaffolding of like a, a whole life now, this integrated person, this integrated self. 
Um, so exciting. I just, yeah. <laughs> I want, I yeah, want yeah. all men, I want all dads to have this experience, whether or not it's in a men's group, just doing the work on themselves um, yeah. to heal because so many of us need that healing work. Um, and it's so hard to talk about an access. I like that you brought up that point about like, sometimes you can get in the weeds with the work because I've definitely had that experience myself of just being, you know, I used to really describe myself a lot as like a self-help junkie, you know, and like my bookshelf is just covered in like, like 50, 500 books on self-help. Right. And, um, and I know a lot of my close friends can identify with, with this and, uh, yeah, for me, like it, it was, it was too much. It was definitely too much. And it was definitely like, me trying to like relentlessly fix myself and work on myself and improve myself. And of course, if, if that's your orientation, the underlying belief is there's something wrong with me. There's something that I need to fix. There's something broken and I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Right. And that's definitely, you know, that's not what we want to uh, foster. That's not the kind of, that's definitely not the, uh, the set of beliefs that are going to really carry you the distance. And um, yeah. And so like men's work can be a very helpful tool for that because you're going to have men around there. And like, I had, I had this experience myself for like two years inside of one of the groups that I was in, you know, and I've been in groups for about eight now, but like, yeah, two years, the guys were just like constantly mirroring back to me. Like, Oh, you're, uh, you're really working on yourself really hard there. Hey bud, you know, and, and it, it took a while, but finally it sort of started to set in like that okay, maybe I'm not as like broken as I think I am, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like I, I do find that's really helpful just to, to do this kind of work inside of a community, because if you're on your own, you might not, that clarity may not come as quickly, you know? It can yeah. take a lot longer to integrate and, and get these lessons. Yeah, getting the mirror is so helpful within group. And even doing things like uh, like we did last night, we just didn't do a meeting, we had a barbecue, so that yeah. we could just be together. That's all it was. There was no process. There's no work done. It was just like, we're going to break bread and be together. Um, yeah. And I, I'm really glad that you tugged on that, that thread because that's a huge thing that I have really only recently learned is that doing the work is like only a part of the battle because then you have to be you have to integrate. You have to like let all this work sit. I would go through and I would like get up in the morning and stretch so that I could meditate, so that I could journal, so that I could go to the gym, so that I could come home and like crush my work, so that I could do X, Y, Z, like uh, mindfulness techniques. And I never stopped. There was like years of all this doing and doing and doing. And I thought I was getting somewhere. And the same patterns were still there, even though I'd read, like you said, like 500 books. And I meditated for like three years straight. I had a streak going like, yeah, crushing it. And only yeah. when I like came across a big failure for the first time, did I actually take the time to be like, wow, how do I feel? And then it yeah. all just came like, oof, it just sunk into my like core of being that I hadn't stopped to integrate any of this. So has that been a, has that been something that's come up for you as well? Integration. And, and what does that, what does that yeah. look like? I guess, like, I know you, you know what I'm talking about when I say integration. So what does that stillness look like in your experience? Yeah. I mean, it's an ongoing journey, of course. Um, it, you know, but that's, uh, I, I can definitely absolutely resonate with what you're with your story there and like have had my version of that for sure. Um, and that's because that's like such a, this, this heady approach, this like intellectualized, you know, there are a set of practices and if I just do them every day, no matter what, without fail, then, you know, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be healed. Um, 
integrating i mean integrating for me just looks like yeah just letting go you know and like not necessarily like doing the work all the time and just learning to enjoy and and connect with the body and feel pleasure you know like in in a few days time i'm going to go on a hike with you know eight guys all of whom i think yeah all of whom are or were members of the brotherhood and um but yeah we're it's not a men's group thing you know like we're just hanging we're hanging for like a week and we're just like going to going to connect and like just laugh and play and enjoy you know and um yeah i mean i think that's what like what I, those are the qualities that I look for in my male relationships now. Well, all of my relationships are somebody that I can be deep with and like, you know, have those like real conversations with. Um, but in the very next moment, like be cracking jokes, you know, and, and just be totally light about it. And it just like the range of things, I was, you know, my buddy, Josh, I was talking about like just the range of humor of, of jokes just goes so much deeper because nothing's off limits, you know, like you can talk about your daddy wounds, your mommy wounds, your this, your that, like the, the sexual things, the, this, the, you know, all the, it's just, there's no limits because so it does just make life more enjoyable and more fun and more pleasurable. So I think ultimately that's like the, the, one of the objects of the work is just to expand your range of how, just how dynamic a human being you can be, you know, mm-hmm. because you're uncovering all these parts of yourself, your shadow, you know, your, your insecurities, the, the judgments that you have over yourself, over other people. And when you start to shine the light on those things, then they're, Hey, you realize everybody else around has those things too. You're not alone. You're not special. Um, but B, they're just not as scary anymore, you know, and you can start to make those jokes. And so, yeah, I would say humor is very good medicine on the path to integration. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. The point is not to do the work. The point is to live a better life. And yeah. it's that, that's that living life that's like, oh, yeah, right. I should, like, get my nose out of this book and go do something now. Because in those yeah. moments of being, in those moments of stillness, it's like that's when things sort of settle in. And if you're continually moving, none of this stuff can catch up to you, in my experience. It's all dragging behind. And if you just stop and let it slam into you, even if it takes, you know, forever, like just being still with that is so important. And I love that you brought in the humor and just like playing around because I, getting into this work, I was like, oh, now I've got to have these really deep conversations every time I'm with someone. And it's not like that. It's like, like you said, it's about like, now I can do the most ridiculous humor or jokes or stories just because I'm so open. And that feeling of openness and that feeling of fullness that comes from having such like deep integrated relationships. Oh man, it's like, it expands my heart space so much even to think about having that. And from someone who comes from extreme anxiety, really tight, almost no headspace. I always felt like to have this like freedom to be, oh man, it just like opens me right up. So that's an amazing, I love the humor aspect. Um, Speaking of esoteric ways to get uh, out of the head and into the body, I know that you uh, also are a breathwork practitioner. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that as well, just because the point of the show is to help dads suffer less, love more, and parent more confidently. And if we can help them with modalities, with healing, just with other, Mm -hmm. even weird ways. Like I love the weird stuff, man. And unfortunately, like men's work, this is still kind of weird, even though it's just working with the body. So could you give us a quick rundown of breath work, what it is and why you do it? Why was it important for you to become a facilitator? Yeah, for sure. 
Um, I encountered breathwork five years ago when I was first working with Tirtha, who started this community. Um, and he was teaching us how to do rebirthing. So rebirthing was like a, a technique. Um, I don't actually recall why it's called rebirthing, but uh, yeah, it was like a technique where you're just breathing really rapidly um, on your back for a, lo- a prolonged period of time, like maybe 30, 40, min- 40 minutes. Um, it was very intense and um, it definitely produced like some really strong emotional experiences and releases and um, there was a lot of like crying and yelling and this and that. And, uh, um, it was powerful. It was amazing. And I was, I was hooked right away. I was like, this is, um, this is incredible. This is like, you know, <laughs> I don't know that this is like 10 hours of therapy compressed into a 40 minute, mm-hmm. like workout, you know, <laughs> and it, it kind of, uh, the sort of, uh, extremist that likes to go to CrossFit all the time and whatever was sort of, was drawn in by that. Right. So, um, yeah. And then later on, I found another teacher who um, introduced me to a more gentle form of breath work and um, a guy named Robin Clements. And yeah, so I studied with him for, for several years and um, attended a lot of his trainings and helped support him. And um, yeah, and I gained a lot from working with Robin and he, his technique was much more um, just gentle, you know, and, and just allowing you to just drop in with your body. So breath work for me is a really it's just like one of the best resets you can have you know like um we all have our go-tos or at least i hope we all have our go-tos for relieving stress and anxiety and you know dropping out of the head and getting into the body um you know running etc like i i really like running but um yeah breath work is like for me if i really want to get into my heart I really feel disconnected, blocked up, and I just can't get out of there. Nothing better than 15 minutes of breath work, you know, and it's so simple and accessible. You know, you, um, you just, like, you literally just lie back, you lie back on the ground. I'll show you right now. <laughs> I don't know. Are we on video or are we just doing audio? Just audio. Okay. Well, I'll show you later. Imagine Steve's lying on the ground right now. Yeah. I'm lying on the ground and I'm breathing and it's really easy. <laughs> like, honestly, you know? Like there are definitely, there's specific techniques and there are things you can do that are going to help you. But honestly, if you just like, doesn't take much, you know, like do that, like a, a continuous breath for 15 minutes. Um, and you will feel significantly different, you know, put on some music, some nice gentle yoga type music and yeah, you're off to the races. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many ways to get into the body. And I that came up because of what you said about getting out of the head and into the body earlier. And there's just so much um, integration that could be done like that. And it's just, yeah, if you notice your body, if you notice your mind before you go into a breathwork session, even if it's 10 deep belly breaths, even if it's five minutes of box breathing, even if it's like five minutes yeah. of alternate nostril breathing, you observe the mind before and then you just feel into the body afterward. And you go like, why don't I do this like every hour? Because yeah. it's so healing. Yeah. It's so amazing. And then obviously, like you said, you can go in and do the, the full on, you know, 45 to an hour uh, session, which has ended up for me almost being psychedelic in a way in some sessions and in other sessions, relaxing. And you just come out of it with, with no worries in the world. All the stress has evaporated. Um, I was just interested to talk to you about it because I'm also now going through my own training uh, to become a facilitator doing 
conscious connected breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such a simple, accessible healing method. And I think like even less popular than men's work, if that's, uh, if that's mm-hmm. possible, unfortunately. And so I just want this podcast to be partially a way to spread these modalities because there's so much we can do to heal ourselves. Um, and I'm very, uh, I'm very big proponent of using the body and the self to heal the self rather than relying on, um, you know, maybe medical interventions or pharmaceuticals or something like that. Um, I yeah. think it's worth putting yeah. the work in to use the body and the breath to heal. So, um, are there anything else? So I see you want to say something. What's up? Yeah. I mean, just on breath, like, and I think breath work goes hand in hand with men's work in that it's like, these are such simple practices. You're getting together in a circle of men, you're getting into a circle of men and you're sharing your mind, you're exposing your, you know, like you're talking, you know, like we, yeah, we have some structures and like, but as you know, as a facilitator of a men's group, it's not rocket science, you know, what we're doing, like, Yes, there are things that come up that need to be handled with skill and with care, and that comes over time. But it's it's a, the natural evolution of participating in a group and just caring about another human being and paying attention. You know, these are not you don't need to go to Harvard for this stuff. You need to like open your heart and care about other people and just stay in the game long enough, and you you will develop an amazing ability to work with people through this practice. Breathwork is very similar. It's a, it's a very, very accessible practice and it's something anybody can do. And yes, our bodies are already, most of us are carrying so much tension in our bodies. So that can get in the way of, um, of being able to access your breath in like a really full and expansive way. And so that's why there are facilitators out there Mm -hmm. because it's so much easier when you have somebody there to guide you and be like, Hey, like, slow down a little bit or, you know, like breathe a little bit deeper or try, try breathing in your belly. Um, you know, whether they're there with you in person or over zoom, all that stuff is like really, really helpful. So I, I think it's wonderful you're doing your training. That's, that's why I did mine, you know, just to, to deepen my own ability to work with my body and, mm-hmm. um, and learn from, from working with other people as well. So yeah, we don't need drugs. We don't need these, all these other sort of fancy interventions you know like there's a time and a place for for any type of medicine um but i think we we as a society lean far too heavily on uh very processed solutions you know very heady overly complicated things and i think we need to return to the elegance of of these uh more primal ways of of healing and connecting and relating yeah yeah i love that i um Obviously not a trained psychologist, not a trained whatever, but I am so certain that trauma is the base of almost all the afflictions, mental health afflictions. And if we just understood the way the trauma is stored in the body, the way to express that, um, you know, like I shook out before we did this podcast just to like release any stress, any tension, any worry from my body. And it's so like not cool to do that. Like nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about <laughs> the breath as this way to heal and like un- unveil this trauma, this stored trauma in our bodies, which is where it's kept. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just so thankful that we have any opportunity to discuss this because it's such important work to get in the body and to feel because all these things in our minds, the way that we feel often impacts the way that we think and the way we think often impacts vice versa, the, the way we feel. And there's this like connectivity that a lot of us are missing, either living too much in the body, uh, feeling anxious or too much in the mind, thinking about anxiety, for example. Um, so it's just a, a wonderful way to c- connect both of those things. Um, are there any other 
mindfulness practices that you have found extremely helpful beyond man's work, beyond breath work? Um, what do you do to stay grounded? I do two things. So one, um, I journal, you know, I journal and I, I started this, this is actually a, a practice that was given to me by a, a coach that I'm working with. And he, uh, he said, write about yourself in the third person, you know? So Steve is da da da. Steve wakes up, Steve woke up in a funk this morning and he was busy thinking about work and, you know, this and that. And, um, just doing that, like helps give me that distance, that space between, uh, between myself and, you know, my ego, you know, so that I can actually like observe what's going on and detach from it a little bit. Like I found that to be enormously useful. I, I do think of that as like, I mean, I think it's one of the objects of meditation is to be able to create that space and not be so identified with, with what the mind is thinking, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that's one that I do. And, uh, yeah. And the other one is like, just working, it's actually just working with a coach. Like it's been super, super helpful for me. Um, particularly as I've been taking on bigger challenges in my life where I feel a little bit daunted, um, to have somebody in my corner who has been there, done that, you know? And I think that's a really good, you know, if you're, if some, if you're out there and you're considering hiring a coach, you know, look for somebody who has integrated what you are seeking to integrate yourself, you know? And, um, yeah, I, he's, he's wonderful to work with and wonderful to speak with because he, he has been there, done that for some of the things that I'm looking to achieve and, and, uh, create in my life. Um, and while he can't give me the answers, what he can do is like, give me in like instill confidence and be like, well, if you apply yourself to X, Y, and Z, things will occur, things will unfold. So, um, I find that to be enormously helpful. Um, you don't necessarily have to hire a coach, of course, to have that experience that can come through like a, a mentorship relationship. Um, but I think it is very important to surround yourself with, to connect with people who are in whatever way possible, who are, you know, frankly, further along on the path, further along on the path than, than you might be, or that some of your peers might be. That's been like a huge, huge growth act for me inside of my life and, and, and my business for sure. Yeah. And that, it, yeah. again, from men's work to coaching, it all comes back to connection. Um, yeah. And I'm, I, I would love to have a society where people have a coaching budget or a, you know, self growth budget. Um, Cause often, you know, there's these life changing modalities that, you know, might cost a hundred dollars per session or $200 per session. And we'll spend that on whatever, going to the movies, going out to eat, you know, beer, whatever it is. And this life-changing work, this medicine that you could be giving yourself, we just don't budget for it. So I love to hear those two things are very active, uh, you know, getting shit done, which of course goes back to, you know, that, that needing to get shit done. I'm also like that. I love to get things done quickly and get things done effectively. Um, and it's just so helpful to find, especially someone who's already integrated the work. So um, I can say on, on leaving that note with connection, this is probably a great place to wrap up. And um, are you still practicing as a breathwork facilitator right now and a coach? I, I mean, I breathe on myself. I, I do my own practice, but I'm not seeing new clients at the moment. So okay. um, yeah, I, we are putting together a few different retreats for uh, within the Samurai Brotherhood community. So we'll, I'll share more details in another, in another forum, but we have um, 
yeah, we, we're going to have some retreats coming up in October. So, um, but, uh, and there will be opportunities to do breath work there. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm interested in sharing more breath work inside of those sort of containers, but, um, yeah, I mean, if any of your listeners are looking for a breathwork coach, hundred percent, I mean, it sounds like you're a great person, a great resource to hit up on that, Kurt. And, um, and they can also reach out to me. I know a ton of different practitioners, like, uh, who, uh, who are wonderful. So, yeah. Amazing. So where can people find more if they want to follow you, if they want to follow Samurai, where should they go? Yeah. So Instagram at Samurai Brotherhood, um, samuraibrotherhood.com is our website. Um, if you like to connect with me, you can, you can find my contact information there. Um, or you can hit up my personal website, which is steveparr.ca. And, uh, I haven't updated it in some time, but, uh, but I am there and, uh, yeah, I, I love connecting with people. So if anybody has any questions at all, like, please hit me up. Amazing. Steve, yeah. thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with men's work, men's groups, breath work and leadership. I really appreciate it. And uh, I think there's a lot of, gro- a lot of gold here. Yeah, this was super fun. Thanks so much for the interview, Kurt. All right. This is great. Yeah. Okay. Take care, man. Dads, I hope you learned a ton from this podcast, particularly the importance of inviting other men into your life. And whether that is through simply being more vulnerable and opening conversations with the men already in your life or by joining a men's group that aligns with your values and your purpose. I think we touched a lot today on just the importance of having those connections and what that can mean for you as a man. And of course, once you continue your work as being a better man, you become a better father. So I'm very grateful for Steve coming on today and sharing his experience with men's group, breath work, and uh, other modalities, particularly liked his journal prompt and uh, the fact that he invests in coaching. If you want to learn more, check out steveparr.ca, that's with two R's, or samuraibrotherhood.com to join a men's group. And if you enjoy this podcast, please Follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and leave a review. Whatever you think of the show, how it's going for you, anything you've learned, would love to hear. And of course, show notes, anything else mentioned, ways to connect with us, ways to follow us, ways to work with dad work will be available at the URL dad.work slash pod. That's D-A-D dot W-O-R-K slash P-O-D. Type that into your browser. You'll find everything you need there. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you learned something today and carry on being an awesome dad.